Welcome back to the Lost in Transit podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Spud Roshong. So after seven weeks away, I'm finally back in the gloomy, doomy Portland, Oregon area. And I am doing this podcast from, well, my girlfriend's desk. If you look around this desk, you can see so many remnants of traveling. Disposable cameras and foreign currency and day bags and guidebooks and all kinds of just travel-related things. And it makes me so happy. But it reminds me that with travel comes some consequence, I guess. As of the last like week or so, I've been reading about over-tourism, which is kind of a new thing to me. I mean, I've experienced it firsthand, but I never really realized that it had a name, that it was something people were talking about. And, well, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. So over-tourism is when a place becomes too popular and it becomes unsustainable. Quite a few of everyone's favorite European destinations are becoming over-traveled, I guess, over-populated, over-visited. few that stick out in my mind mostly are Barcelona, which was literally talked about in every article I read. And they are trying to crack down on that, I guess. They're trying to make, they're not trying to make tourism harder, but they're trying to make it more sustainable so that in the peak season, it's, it's okay, I guess. Um, another one is Venice. So I experienced this last year. I'd never been to Venice. We happened to be in Europe. It was on our way. It wasn't on our way to Rome, but you know, it was on our way to Rome. I don't really know what to think. I did really enjoy it, but there were too many fucking people. And this was in June, I think. But another problem I'm that I read about is how with this over-tourism runs out mom-and-pop shops and local hotels for chains and things like that and mom-and-pop shops turn into souvenir shops and like it kind of degrades the authenticness of your experience so while we were in venice we rented a place on airbnb normally in most situations i love airbnb but this situation seemed weird we had correspondence with one person ended up having to meet another person and then found out later on that this place that we had rented was owned by a, a rental company so it wasn't even someone's home it was just laid vacant if not rented by a tourist and that sat kind of wrong with me because the whole reason for airbnb is to help the local economy not help some company get bigger as they purchase all of these places and run out the locals right that's a big deal in barcelona as well where they talked about landlords kicking out tenants to rent to foreigners and skyrocketing local rent and things it's much like what's happening kind of in Portland. You know, people are moving in, developers are charging more money, rent is going through the roof. It happens everywhere. Those are just a couple of the places that were talked about in a lot of these articles. And 
after experiencing Venice and seeing that it was run amok with tourists and cruise ships and things like that, it's it's not a place I would want to go again during the peak season. Barcelona is not really a place I've ever really wanted to go. So I've been a few times, but it's only been for work. I can't say I've been a tourist there. Some of the other random kind of things that were talked about a lot were the amount of cruise ships that can dock in Dubrovnik. I think recently they had put a cap on it. 4,000 or 8,000 person cap on tourists that can come from cruise ships a day. Imagine just that, living in this town and experience an influx of, you know, anywhere between 4,000 and 8,000 people who come just from boats, just for the day. Possibly not helping with the economy, just taking up space, making it just look busy. I know I would hate that. I'm sure most of you would as well. If you remember reading last year, in the Philippines, they had closed Boracay Island for six months to clean it up. Because, as the president said, it was a septic mess. It has since reopened to tourism. I've never been. I've only seen photos and it looks gorgeous. I would say probably go. Maybe give it some time to lose the hype. Another one of these like over visited places is Maya Bay, which is in Thailand. If you've seen the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio, you've seen this place. It's beautiful. Pristine beach, nice little cove. Um, but because of the amount of people that were going there, it was becoming trashed. And the government shut it down so that the so that it could be cleaned up and so that it could regrow. These are the kinds of things that are happening all over the world. The most shocking one that was on one of these lists that I kind of thought was weird is Mount Everest. And it kind of went on to explain that Mount Everest is more accessible now because climbing gear is better and people are in better health and vitamins and it's easier to pack things and go. Uh, but they also are putting limitations on things. There are no, You're not allowed to be a solo climber anymore. You're not allowed to be a foreign group of people without a local guide. And the thing that bugged me the most was that even though it's a pack-in and pack-out situation, these climbers are leaving hundreds of kilos of trash at base camp every year that Sherpas have to take out. That's just damn disrespectful. So some of the things that you can do as a responsible traveler to, you know, fight against this over-tourism are simple. If you're going to rent on Airbnb, rent from someone that only has one place. Rent a room from someone in their home. If you're going to travel to Europe, stay away from these destination hotspots. There are tons of other places that you can go in Europe that might not have half the travelers. Or there are other islands in the Philippines. There are other islands in Southeast Asia. There are other mountains to climb, so to speak. Another thing you can do to help prevent this is... So now you ask, what about social media, right? Everyone in this day and age is on social media. Our lives are public. We're scrolling through these things left and right, looking at these beautiful pictures of beautiful beaches, beautiful mountain ranges, gorgeous sunsets all over the world. 
Now, some responsible things I think that can be done with social media is, you know, okay, it's one thing to like geotag the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Obviously, everyone knows the Leaning Tower of Pizza, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, uh, or the Eiffel Tower, or something like that. With a thing like the Troll's Tongue in Norway, which is a hugely popular place on Instagram, which in 2010 only had 800 visitors. If you know anything about this place, it's a 10-mile trek into the mountains to get to this place. It's not a simple little tourist attraction. But, so they went from 800 visitors in 2010 to 80,000 visitors in 2016, mainly because of Instagram, mainly because of the popularity that it had caused. The same situation with Horseshoe Bend in Arizona went from like a few thousand visitors a year to now it's on all of the Grand Canyon bus routes and it's sees over a million visitors a year. Um, but something you can do with the geotagging, especially if it's something semi-secret, and I'm not saying keep your destination secret, don't tag exactly where you are, don't make it known to the world that I just found this amazing undiscovered beach, because who knows, the next time you go, it might not be that way at all. That happened to me with Angkor Wat. Now, don't get me wrong, Angkor Wat is not something I discovered. It had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of visitors before I had gone the first time. But the social media explosion of it is mostly what I'm talking about. The first time I had gone, it was incredible. I loved every second of it. You know, you could visit Angkor Wat in the morning, see the sunrise with like some people. Now it's like fighting elbow space to try and get to the lake to take that iconic shot of Angkor Wat as the sun comes up over top. There's tons and tons of people there, and it was just, it was overrun. They've taken steps, even, to stop traffic jams from coming into the temples. They've moved the ticket booths further away from the main entrance, and just trying to help. But they still there's still no limit on tickets. So who knows how many people Angkor Wat sees a day. But yeah, so after going the first time, and then going back a second and third time. It's changed so much. Sure, the temples are still the same, but you're not allowed to go into the park anymore until the sun is up, which you used to be able to do. It's practically impossible to get to a temple and be there by yourself. You're always fighting for parking. It's just overwhelming. So another thing you can do, sorry about the little tangent, Another thing you can do is go other places, do some research, find something different. You know, like I said about Europe, with there being other places, if you want to go see canals in Venice, go to Ljubljana, go to Hamburg. Like, there are tons of other places that have canals. Yeah, do your research. Go somewhere else. Go, go on a shoulder season. Don't go at peak season. The idea is to experience a place, not to experience a place that's a monster tourist trap. At that point in time, you might as well just go to Disneyland, right? I don't know. But maybe the idea of over-tourism 
is something that you've never thought of, much like I hadn't until recently. And now it makes me, I mean, obviously I've got a laundry list of places that I want to see, but it makes me want to visit some of the lesser known places in the closer future and some of the popular places towards towards the end of my life. Yeah, I hope this was somewhat informative. I recorded this thing about 65 times before I deleted it, so hopefully you enjoyed it. And look out next week for an episode about over-tourism alternatives. All right, thanks for listening. Get lost. (laughs) 